Oh, oh, sorry. You, I was just reading on my couch. What's up? What's up, guys? How are you guys doing tonight? Everybody doing good? What's up to Emerge? I love you guys. So, you guys like this couch? I got this thing for free from some crazy lady in St. Pete. For real. Real, real thing. Me and Steven went and got it. I, I don't know. I kind of thought that she was going to kill us, but we got the couch. So, it looks good, right? Awesome, awesome. So real quick, I want to go ahead and pray. We're going to pray us in, and then we're going to jump right into what we're doing tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this evening. God, I thank you for your holy word. God, I thank you that you cut straight to our spirits, God, and that you speak to us. God, I pray that you will simply just do your thing. I am not here, God. You are Holy Spirit. Invade this place. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. So awesome, guys. We, as you know, we're in this series called Stranger Things, right? And, and it's based off of this TV show that most of you guys have probably seen. It's a pretty hot TV show, Stranger Things, it's on Netflix. And it's based out of Hawkins, Indiana, where there's these four middle school boys. And they're all best friends, they're always on their bikes. It kind of makes me like want to go back to middle school, but then I remember how horrible middle school was. And I'm like, nah, I don't want to go back there anymore. But they're all best friends and they go on this, these adventures and they find these strange things. And through these adventures, they find love. They find relationship. They develop their character, right? It's all centered around this big thing called the U.S. Department of Energy, which really is a complete hoax for something that is so much deeper, something that is so much more evil, right? So before I dive into what we're going to talk about tonight, I got a question to ask you guys. Have you guys ever had a crush but he's like, oh, yeah. Everybody's had a crush. Do you remember the way that they made you feel the first time, like when you were always around them? The butterflies you would get in your stomach. You get all nervous and you start jumbling off your words. Be like, I, I, uh, 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 uh. But that's not who you are. We've all had a crush, right? So real quick, check out this video of Stranger Things and how Mr. Dustin had his crush. Now, how, how many of us remember when we had that crush just like this right here? So I got a story for you guys. I remember 
just like you guys do, my very first crush, right? And I was, in, I was in high school. I went to a small high school. And I had the crush, obviously, I mean, like, I had to set my, my goals high. I had the crush on the, the best girl at the whole school, right? So I decide I feel this way about her. I want to do what I got to do, and, and I'm going to be a man, and I'm going to muster up some courage, and I'm going to go talk to her. Now, wait, <laughs> true story, for real. I actually had a girlfriend at the time, and I told her, right, I told her, hey, um, I just, I really feel like God is, like, he's telling us that we need to break up. Um, yeah, I've been really spiritual lately, and um, I, I think we need to break up. Uh, needless to say, it was because why I wanted to pursue this girl that I had this crush on, just like this guy back here. So I did that. I know, forgive me, guys. Don't act like you ain't been there. I did that, and then I started spending a little bit more time with her. I try to kind of put myself where she's at, you know what I'm talking about? Trying to, like, make yourself seem, hey, I'm over here. Hey, 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 and before you know it, I kind of got to the point where I said, okay, I got to go for this. So I muster up the courage to, to get her alone, and I say, look, I just, this is how I feel. This is how I feel. Girl, you are everything. <laughs> Girl, you look so good. Girl, I just want, I want you to be mine. You have no idea what I've done to get here. And then the bomb. I just don't, I don't feel that way about you. Like, what? But you, but I, I did, what? You don't reject, rejection all the way. How many of you guys remember that moment? Because I know I do. But let me ask you another question. Have you ever realized that maybe God, he does, has a crush on you? But yet we treat God the way my crush treated me. He completely goes in for us, and we reject him. But how can we reject such a holy God when he's done what he's done for us? When scripture says that God sent his only son, that for whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And that through one man's disobedience, that being Adam, we all have death, but through one man's obedience, obedience to what? That to death, that we are all made righteous. You see, we treat God like our crush treated us in spite of everything that he has done for us. And that seems like a hard pill to swallow, doesn't it? But it's true. I'm speaking to you guys out of a real heart tonight. I want to get real with you guys. It is true that we do that. But you may be saying, I don't do that, Pastor. I'm a, I'm a good kid. I, I love God. I really love God. Like I come to church, I do that. I do this. But yet Jesus says in Scripture in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will do what I tell you to do. 
And we all know that sometimes we're doing some stuff that maybe Christ wouldn't be so happy with. Now, I'm, I'm not like condemning y'all. I'm going to be real. We all know that, right, we, we, we don't always obey every commandment, do we? I mean, I'm going to be real. I don't either. So we're on this, for the whole church, if you guys don't know, we're on a 21-day fast, right? And, of course, you know, I feel like God has told me and, and the, the heaven shined and opened and, and I felt like God said, hey, you need to do a 21-day water fast. 21 days without food, nothing, just water. Right, all holier art thou, like, this is me, this is what I got. So about three days in Wednesday night, I'm like, well, God, did you really, did you really, nah, did you really say that? Nah, God, you know I'm bad at math, right? And you really, you got to divide that by seven, because seven's your perfect number. And if you divide it by seven, you get three. So three, I'm good. All right, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this food. Let's eat. That night I devoured, I mean, I absolutely devoured a protein shake because I didn't get anything at the grocery store all week because I was going to fast for 21 days. Right? We don't always follow every commandment. And I'm talking out of realness right now. Something that just happened in my life. But why? But why? Why don't we listen to what God has for us? Why don't we listen to his commandments. So just like the story I was just telling, I mean, you can see all through everything that I was telling God. Did God really say to not do that? Did God really say that I should do this? And then I started thinking about it. What would it benefit me or how would it hurt me rather if I do fast for 21 days? Yeah, I'm a little hungry, but is it gonna kill me? No. God's word said, that Jesus fasted for 40 days, that Daniel fasted. He talks about fasting so much and in my situation. How would it hurt me if I listened to the commandments of the word of God? It wouldn't. In fact, Satan, our greatest enemy, he wants nothing more than to convince us that we shouldn't follow the commandments of God. Because he knows that if we do, that God has to bless us. Because Psalms 119.2 says that if I hide your word in my heart, that you will bless me. You see, so Satan tries to twist this around. He tries to put this little seed of doubt, right? This little seed of doubt in your mind. And he tries to tell you, God didn't say that. God doesn't want you to do that. God's okay with what you're doing. It's not something that only us have dealt with. If we go back and we look in Scripture in Genesis 3.1, at the beginning of creation, the very beginning Satan was doing the exact same thing to the very first creatures that ever walked on this earth that, like, that, you were, that was like you and I, Adam and Eve. He comes to Eve and he says, did God really say that you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? He questions God's authority to his own word. And he puts that little seed of doubt in Eve's heart and in her mind. And then she starts to think, did God, wait, what did God say? You see, and the biggest thing is that Satan himself completely uses deceit, 99% truth and 1% lie, to plant that little seed of doubt. Because if you go into the preceding chapter in Genesis 2, God didn't say that at all. Actually, what God says is that you can eat of any tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. Because if you do, you will surely die. God was just trying to protect us. 
But Satan comes in and, and twists it around with that deceit and tries to throw us a lie. Why? Because he doesn't want us to be equipped with the word of God and to actually live our lives in obedience, in a loving relationship with Christ. Because why? It hurts him. He's jealous of it and he knows how powerful it is. And he also knows that if we do, we are living out our purpose, our design. Crazy thought, and I was thinking about this the other day. It totally shifts all the dynamics. When we say, a lot of times we come into church and we say, all right, God, I'm going to do this for you because deep down inside, I really just want to go to heaven. God, I'm going to do this for you because deep down inside, I just kind of want fire insurance. I want that insurance so I have a surety that I'm not going to go to hell. We've heard that before. But what if we shifted the whole dynamic and looked at Genesis and looked at Adam and even realized that in the beginning, the earth was created for us. The earth was created for Adam and Eve to live in dominion on the earth. That we weren't created just to live and to die and to go to heaven because that would be a waste. But actually we were created to come and to have dominion over the earth and spread the kingdom of heaven and his laws and his decrees and his love into a place called earth to all of his people. But then you see in the story that the great usurper, the serpent Satan, he comes and he throws doubt because that's what he doesn't want. Why? Because he's jealous because he got kicked out of heaven. He got kicked out of the presence of God. So what if I told you tonight right now that it's not a matter of am I going to heaven? It's a matter of am I really living out my purpose here? Am I really living the love that I have for Christ? Am I really obeying his commandments? Because I'm supposed to be on this earth. I'm supposed to be advancing the kingdom of God. It totally shifts the whole ballgame. And it makes everything so much more clear. But you see, we come to this place to where we have to ask ourselves, why, why am I doubting God? And we know the enemy's after us. And the enemy's throwing that doubt. Did God really say, are you really, should you really do this? Am I really in the right place? Is it okay for me to be in this relationship? I mean, everything's cool and all, like, and they're the, they're the only light that I'll ever see. So, but your word says, God, your word says that if I, I should be their light, then I shouldn't walk away from them. So I'm going to stay. Yeah, I'm going to stay, God. I'm going to stay. That's not really what your commandments say. You see, and Satan just keeps throwing this doubt and this doubt. And what ends up happening, guys, is we doubt that God is faithful to his own word. And here's the kicker. If we doubt that God is faithful to his own word, then we doubt that he ever sent his son to die for us on the cross. And if he never sent his son to die for us on the cross and that man, Jesus Christ, never raised from the dead on the third day for our sins, then everything that we believe, everything that we believe is on a hinge. Everything that we believe is threatened. If we sim simply doubt the simple commandments, because the simple, they're just as great as the greatest. It's all one big thing in God's eyes. He says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. How do I obey your commandments? God, I love you. Well, how do I love you, God? How do I really love you? I realize that Satan is a big fat liar. 
and that you really do love me, God. I don't doubt anymore that you don't love me. I accept that you love me. And that love was made perfect when you sent your only son, your only son, the greatest sacrifice that you could ever send. You sent him to die, to be spit on, to be abused, to live a righteous life, yet be hung on a cross for crimes that he didn't commit. The word of God says in Romans 5, 6 through 8, that Christ died for us while we were still yet sinners. It doesn't say that we became whole and we became holy and then Christ died for us. No, it says that Christ died for us while we were still yet sinners. We were still in sin. Could you imagine giving your life up for someone who doesn't even care about you? Who wouldn't even look at you, that would spit on you and walk by and make fun of you? It doesn't make sense to us. But God loved us so much that that's what he did. And Christ had a choice. Christ had a choice whether or not to choose to obey what he was purposed on this earth for. To die on the cross for our sins. And when he chose, what did he do? He exemplified the fact that if he loves the Father, that he will obey his commandments. Christ says in the Garden of Gethsemane, Lord, please take this cup from me. Take this cup from me. If I don't have to bear it, I don't want to bear it. And God said, you do. And finally, he said, then I will. Your will be done. If obedience to your word sometimes hurts, then maybe sometimes love hurts. We can see that through the life of Christ in every situation. He sacrificed and he sacrificed and he sacrificed. Guys, you got to realize that Christ was 100% man. Christ came and, and he felt every notch, every cat of nine tails, every piece that hit him, he felt it. Every jab to his emotions, he felt it just like we feel as humans. He was 100% human. He hurt. Yet when God asked him to obey and to die for these people because he loves you that much, then what did Christ do? Christ said, I'll do it. I'll do it because I love you, Father, and because I love them. So if obeying your commandments hurts, then maybe sometimes true love, not emotions, but true love hurts. If obeying your commandments sometimes is hard, then maybe sometimes love is hard. James 1.12 says that blesses the man that endures temptation. For when he is through that temptation, he will receive the crown of life that is promised to him by Jesus. Jesus endured those temptations when he went to the wilderness for 40 days and Satan came to him and tempted him the exact same way that Satan tempted Adam and Eve. He said, you're hungry, you haven't eaten 40 days, turn that rock into bread. He said, I will not do that, I will, no man does that. We will live by not only bread, but by every word, every commandment that flows from the mouth of God. Then Satan says, if you truly are the son of God, if you truly are the son of God, trying to doubt him, trying to doubt Jesus in his own purpose. If you truly are the son of God. You will fall from this top right here, fall all the way down. And your angels, because of what the word of God says, will come and rescue you. And he said, I will not test 
God. You see, Satan wanted to completely dismantle what Jesus was doing. Because Satan once again knew that if Jesus did what he was here to do, that you guys, that me, that all of us here would not have freedom. That we would not live and be able to live in freedom. That we would not be redeemed. That we would not regain our former self. He didn't want that, but Jesus came through. If love is hard, if obeying your commandments is hard, then love is hard. But Jesus did it anyways, so shouldn't we? And finally, if obeying your commandments is loving you, then what does this love make me do? This love makes me holy. It makes me holy. And how do we know that? Because Psalms 119, 9 through 12, it reads, How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Next verse, please. <laughs> your word I have hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. What God is saying right here, and what, this is David. David is speaking, and what he's saying is that when I obey your word, when I love you, when I have a relationship with you, God, what happens is, is I am a blessed man. And you set me apart. You cleanse me. Your blood, Jesus, cleanses me. You make me whole again. Even though I was in such rags and I was such a sinner, you came. Even though I was spitting in your face, you came. You came for me. And this is the simplicity of the gospel. And that's all, that's all I want to give you tonight is the simplicity of the gospel. Because that's all we need, guys. You say, I'm having problems doing this. I, I can't stop disobeying you, God. I don't feel like I have a, a loving relationship with you, God. What you got to remember and not have doubt of is the fact that he loves you, that he loved you enough to do what he did, that Jesus loved you enough to sacrifice his own life for you. As I close tonight, I just, I have a personal story. Some of you guys might have seen it. I know a lot of you guys used to kind of make fun of me about it all the time, but I got this tattoo on my left hand, right? And it says, it says love, right? Like that's some jailhouse stuff, right? <laughs> that's what I always thought. And people always be like, do you write that on your hand every single day? And I'm like, no, I don't write it on my hand every single day. Who has the time to do that? You see, I got this tattoo when I was not obeying God. When I was not in his word and, and I didn't have a relationship with him. And the story behind it is, real quick, I got it because my grandpa had the same tattoo on his left hand, and he was in World War II. He was a good man, and I honored him, so I wanted to get it on my hand. 
And I thought that was honorable. I thought that was admirable. It was cool, right? So then fast forward like a year and I, and I get saved and, and God shows me what his son has done for me, right? And I'm worshiping alone at my house one night and I look down and I see it on my hand and he says, do you see now? And in that moment, I realized what God knew I would do, but allowed me to have revelation by that I would get this tattoo, not even thinking of him, but I would look down and I would just start weeping because it read love. And in that one moment, he reminded me of everything that he has done. He reminded me that he is faithful to his word, that he will not leave or forsake me, that he did send his only son to die on the cross and that I really can believe him and that I really can trust him and that all is good. And I just started weeping even more and more and more. And all I could do, all I could barely murmur out of my mouth was the name of Jesus. See, you guys, it's, it's all about Jesus. That's it. It's all about our relationship with him. That's it. Why not because we can have a relationship with him, but because he died while we were still sinners. That he loved us while we didn't love him. And that kind of love, guys, speaks volumes. That kind of love never fails. That kind of love conquers the world and takes the keys of the kingdom from Satan himself and gives it back to who they rightfully belong to. That right there sets us free. It allows us to live a free life to where we can live life on this earth knowing that we have a purpose. Not a selfish purpose like, I gotta get my own, or I gotta be famous, or I gotta do this and I gotta do that, but a purpose of my spirit says that God loves me and he put me here to reflect his laws and his love to one another and to myself. So I ask you guys tonight, one simple question. Do you love God? And if you can say yes to that, ask yourself, do I obey your commandments? Not out of fear, not even out of obligation, but because I want to, because I realize what you've done for me and I realize the love that you have for me and I can't help but to do it and return that love back to you because what else can I give? You have saved me from everything. So with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I just wanna to pray tonight If you have never, ever experienced this love that we're talking about, and you have never experienced what Christ has done, you've never heard this truth in this way, I want you to repeat this prayer. Actually, all of us repeat this prayer together, this prayer of salvation. Dear Heavenly Father God, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you are faithful to your word. 
I thank you that you sent your only son to die for me, even though I don't deserve it. I accept that you did all that. And Lord Jesus, I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior and to completely take over my life. If you said that prayer tonight with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I just want you to slip up your hand on the count of three. Somebody's just gonna come behind you or beside you and give you a card. That card is just so you can connect, that you can tell somebody else, one of these leaders with a red shirt, the decision that you made so that we can talk to you a little further and that we can continue to disciple you in the decision that you just made. So on the count of three, please raise your hand. One, two, three. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So with everybody looking this way, before we come up for worship on this last song, I just want to encourage you guys. And I'm gonna ask a question one more time. And I want you to ask yourself as you come up here and you worship God. Ask yourself, do God, do I love you? And ask him, God, please show me how much you love me. So as you guys come up on for worship, you can come up now.